When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your local tyre power. Save on selected Falcon passenger tyres by three, get one free at tyre power. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! 24 minutes to 7, going for 24 degrees and cloudy today. We are here in SENSA Studio Lumo. Powered by Lumo Energy SA. Bix, we heard in the news just then, and you spoke about it yesterday exclusively on the podcast. For those who didn't hear, can you give your idea about Ed Sheeran while he <laughs> is here in Australia? Because we saw him with the St Kilda Football Club yesterday with mm. the connections to Michael Gadinsky, which is, I, I believe it's the anniversary of the passing of Michael Gadinsky today. Oh, is it really? um, and also Shane Warne's connection to St Kilda. We were just having a little bit of fun uh, suggesting that maybe the AFL will go down the path of Geelong, the Geelong Footy Club when they changed Gary Hocking's name to Whiskers. Maybe they could get in touch with Ed Sheeran's management and get him to change his name to Red Sheeran. I think it's Ed great. Ed Sheeran, Red Sheeran. Yeah, I think no. it's very good, but he's one of those celebrities that um, just he, appears holding a Sheeran for a, a football he's opportunity. He's a little bit bigger than the AFL, though, let's be honest. No, he certainly is. And it's tomorrow, the um, anniversary of the late Michael Gadinsky, and that time just goes mm. so fast, doesn't it? Okay, before we get into the SEN spotlight, we did something yesterday in regards to music, Bix. This was your idea, and I loved it. Yeah, like I said, it, it, it's not original. It's been done a hundred times, but we thought we would try and come up with some songs for each team that summed up their season that's about to, to, to come before us. So we did the first six yesterday and we're going to kick off with another six today. Um, what was thinking, the Adelaide Crows, the one that you had yesterday? We, we did a bit of Bon Jovi. Yes. Uh, living on a prayer, but it was more that sort of line that says, you know, we're halfway there, mm-hmm. we're living on a prayer. And so I think Adelaide are halfway to, in their rebuild and I think everyone's Every Crows fan is praying that it's going to continue on an upward trajectory this year in 2023. Yep. An example of what I did yesterday was under pressure for Brisbane because I feel that they've got on paper the best list in the Mm, AFL and they would be under pressure after a better final series last year. And I think it would be a grand final or disappointment for them in 2023. Mm. So you now are heading into another club. Yes. Well, no, you're going to do it first. You've chosen Geelong, which is, uh, we're going alphabetically. Look at the running sheet, please. Now, Geelong, (laughs) what have you come up with? For Geelong. This is a bit of a throwback and they are touring Australia very soon, which is uh, which is exciting because mm-hmm. actually their lead singer it was almost not because he had a, a very aggressive cancer scare mm-hmm. and he survived it. But of this group, Blink-182. This is Blink-182. What's my age again? So we move into 2023, and despite the retirement of the 35-year-old Joel Selwood mm-hmm. and the addition of Ollie Henry, Tanner Brun, and Jack Bowes, um, the Cats squad still 
is the oldest list mm. in the AFL. So that didn't bother them last That's year. Right. They managed to win the flag. So I think they'll be asking that question into 2023. What is my age again? They've got Paddy Dangerfield, who's in the twilight of his career. Yes. Tom Hawkins, who's going round again. Um, so Mitch Duncan. Yeah, and even and Tom Stewart, that he plays like a 300-game player. He's, um, you know, he's approaching 30 now too. So Isaac Smith. Exactly. So I think they'll be asking that question, what's my age again? If they start losing games, people will say they're too old. If they keep winning games, people will say they're not old enough. So it's okay. <laughs> Their list management is uh, geniuses. That's what they'll be saying if they win the flag again. Let's keep moving on. Uh, the Gold Coast. This is where the original idea came from. I heard this song. It's by, you've never heard of this person most likely, Nika, and it's called Following the Sun. And how did you come up with this one, Vix? (laughs) I think the Suns are going to break through and play finals for the first time. I think it's going to be everyone's second team. Everyone's going to be following the Suns as they get closer. It's also a little bit of a nod as well. After the COVID hub where everyone went up and spent... Mm. 10 or 11 weeks on the Gold Coast, I think everyone realised, you know what, this is a pretty good place to be and play footy. And that's why they're having a bit more uh, success, attracting people to Gold Coast and keeping the players they have. So following the sun, it's got a dual meaning there. But sun's in for a good year. Uh, We saw glimpses last year. Noah Anderson, I think he's going to be a star. Uh, Took Miller is fantastic. Wits is a good ruckman. And um, I like the fact they've pushed... Uh, Jack Lacocious back up forward. I think he's just about ready to break out. He's been on the list now for four years and I think he's uh, maturing and and he's going to have a really good season. And Matt Rowell is one of those players that you just pray, even though we're not Suns supporters, you want him to have an injury-free year so you can see him live up to his potential. I I think that like when Jack Martin was drafted by the Suns, we all wanted him to play injury free and injuries got the better of him and we probably didn't see him play to his full potential at the Gold Coast. King comes back in the forward line. I love uh, Mabwa Chol and what he did last year. Their defence is reasonably solid um, and they've got lots of young players on the list that they're they, you know, have only played a handful of games at the top 10 draft picks. They got another great kid in Humphrey this year I think it is. So they've got Plenty to uh, be buoyant about. So, yeah, everyone will be following the Suns. What are your suggestions for your team's soundtrack for 2023? You can text them in 0427 154 166. These are the creative genius ideas that we have here at SENSA. You hear the word (laughs) Suns and you like Gold Coast and then we get a whole segment out of it, which I absolutely love. Let's get into this. Your time is done, and I think that the spotlight should go on top of me. Yeah. It's called the SEN Spotlight. Bix, what are we spotlighting today? Yeah, well, I heard uh, uh, Jared and Bucks discussing the merits of umpires holding post-match press conferences. I love this idea. It's, it's, it's not new. It's been talked about before, but I just feel like it solves so many problems. Let's have a listen to the, to the discussion. The, the one striking aspect is there's... Uh, the reporting in the aftermath, the, the referee is made available to a respected pool reporter who asks the sequence of questions about mm. the holding call. Why was it? Was it contentious? How was it decided on the field? Is there anything anyone else needs to know? And it's all out there. You don't have to agree mm. with it, but this is how that call was made. And uh, 
and it, it's it's very defendable. I think that's a very useful thing to do so that everybody understands what happened and why. Well, I think and I can debate from an informed position. I, I love it when Razor used to come in here. I don't think we give our. I know maybe they want to be anti-creating um, characters or personalities through that, but I think it humanises people when you hear from them, when you give them the chance to give voice to the nuance in the decision-making. I think that by not allowing that, we create a bigger chasm between what we see in our officiating um, group and what we want to see. Like yep. the, I think more communication is better yep. rather than rather than what we have seen. I concur 100%. I, I feel like um, what we need to do is it's we predetermine there's four umpires. We pick one and mostly, most likely the most senior umpire and say this umpire will be available after the game uh, to be uh, at a press conference. And then if there's what, what most likely the most likely scenario will be, most games go off without a hitch. You'll probably get three people turn up to the umpire's press conference and ask a couple of uh, questions and, and that will be it. And as Buck said, it humanises the umpire. But on the occasions where there is a big decision that might have impact a game and you will get people in there, at least you'll get the perspective. Now, um, what if, if it's a predetermined umpire and he didn't make the decision, you can make a call and decide whether you want to put the, the officiating umpire in there or that umpire talks with his uh, colleague and, and gets the perspective, but then talks about... Well, I had a great position. I was side on, mm. or, or and and um, I didn't see the tug of the jumper from the angle I was. That wasn't uh, evident to me, and I can only go on what I see and give the actual what he's actually seeing. Because in the absence of that, what we do is we fill in the void and we say, "Oh, the umpire, he, he, how could he not see that?" Or you know, everyone could see it. Why did he not blow his whistle? But what we don't often uh, take into consideration is there's different angles. Often there's 10 players between the umpire and and the contest. And if the umpire was like says, oh, well, I was obscured. I couldn't, I didn't have a great view of it. So I couldn't guess. I just called what I saw. Then how do we argue with that? And we get, we get a real insight into uh, how he came about making his decision. So I, I think it's a good thing. I think what people are worried about is that the umpires won't be able to handle it. Well, I don't think that's an issue. The other thing is that people will think that, um, They'll be, uh, you know, abused, or the, the the people asking the questions will be having a crack at them. I just don't think that's going to happen either. So, um, I just feel it like also depends who's asking the questions, though, because there's uh, the team. Both teams have supporters. The umpires don't really have supporters. So, it, who would be asking those well, questions? It, but I would I would make it open to the the, the AFL throng. And if you mm. want to go, you go. And like, let's let's remember the all of the AFL umpires, or ninety percent of them. Uh, lawyers, yeah. accountants, yep. school teachers—you know—they've got the potential or, or, the, or the ability to be able to converse and answer questions. Whenever we interview them, they're all fabulous. And the other thing is, if there are some that battle, give them some training, just like AFL clubs do. So I just think they're—they're they're part of our game, and the more we hear from them, and the more they explain the rules, that's the biggest disparity uh, that happens in our game. People who are supporters. And the umpires, the knowledge of of the actual rules is is uh, is a, there's a huge sort of diversity there, and and secondly, the interpretation and what the umpires are looking for. 
if the umpires are talking all the time about this is how we officiate it, this is what we're looking for, maybe it brings the supporters along for the ride a bit and they get an understanding of uh, how the umpires are adjudicating it. Over in the States, the NBA referees have a Twitter account which they use post-match after they Mm do um, reviews of bad decisions. And there was a a controversial decision a couple of weeks ago where at the end of a match it was between the Lakers and the Celtics where um, by the looks of things, LeBron James was fouled Mm -hmm. by Jason Tatum and it wasn't called. The following day, this is the tweet from the NBA referees. This is from their official account. Like everyone else, referees make mistakes. We made one at the end of last night's game, and that is gut-wrenching for us. This play will weigh heavily and cause sleepless nights as we strive to be the best referees we can be. (laughs) Obviously, social media took that well. (laughs) I can imagine Twitter would have just loved that. Yeah, uh, I reckon you might have switched off the comments on the back of that one. But you know what? Like, I I think when people make mistakes, just own up. That's what people are waiting for too, right? There's an acknowledgement of an error, then they go, thank you. There's no Mm. more, hey, uh, because uh, traditionally and previously, a lot of the umpires or people representing them would say, no, no, we're comfortable with that. And you go, Mm. well, obviously you shouldn't be. Mm. So, no, it's a good conversation to have. We are here thanks to Ty Power. Best buys on big brand sale now on. Don't forget, we're speaking to uh, Joe Gauchi from Adelaide United after seven and Hannah Petty from the Thunderbirds. And we'd love to speak to you too. 1-300-736-736. We'll do a sports update next.